On this episode of the Autumn Windbags, the Raiders roster officially belongs to Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. The depth chart has been released. The defense finally has a philosophy, an update on the Raiders' first-round pick, Tyree Wilson, Henry Ruggs, also bad Raider news, and we love when you subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. 31 days away. A month. From week one. We are one standard operating month away. Yeah. From actual, real Raider football. Feels good. It feels it's right. It's so close. It's so close. I'm getting. It feels right. I can feel it down in my plums. I can blue a shoe. My it's so close, you can tell over my shoulder that the Raiders flag was replaced with the American flag. And you're like, RJ, that makes no sense. It's preseason week one. Why, when you're getting close to the season, you'd put the old stars and bars replacing the Raiders flag? Like, well, I'm glad you asked because I have two flags. One in my background, so everything I do in Zoom for serious or podcasts or everything I do, I'm representing something. But I also have a giant flagpole in my front yard, which most of the time has the stars and bars. But because it's preseason week one, because we're 31 days away from Raider time, the silver and black is up on the main stage. Hey, you. It's like a strip club. It's like up on the main stage. It's candy. It's all right. Hey, uh, Destiny, you're out of here. Yeah, candy's going up there. All right, gentlemen, Amazing. take your hands out of your pants and put them together for Savannah. She was Tiffany and Jiffy. Oh, that table three. Table three. Table three. So that's where we're at. We're so close. I can taste it. Month away. Dude, look at freaking Razor. Razor Ramon is super pumped up. Right. He's super excited. That's his excited face. He's resting up because he knows he only has 31 days until he gets to watch oh, yeah, the Raider football. He's recharging those batteries right now. Uh, so today, um, I had the pleasure of taking. Uh, Mrs. Clifford and Princess Clifford, Queen Clifford and Princess Clifford to the county fair. Fantastic time. Um, oh, the orange, time there. It's always great, man. Like, even though they like they charge an arm and a leg, parking God. costs so much. When you buy tickets to go on rides, it's all digital now, and they give you a QR code and it makes you download an app, confirm your your email. Put in your number, make a password, and then it still doesn't work. Like, as a dad, I want to blow my brains out. All of that, all the pain and hassle that comes with it still is worth it because the county fair is just, it's just so fun, right? The daughter with the petting zoo, rode a horse, went on the Karis wheel. Those stinky-ass goats and shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was great. She had a great time. So, uh, real quick before we get to the question of the day. So, I... uh, my wife and I, we rock, paper, scissors every time we have to take the daughter to the bathroom. She's three and a half. And so she's like, she's potty trained, but requires massive supervision. It's like yeah. SEAL Team 6 is required to get her in and out of the bathroom. So I go in there and it's like, there's like 10 stalls in a row. There's one dude in one stall and I need to go. I'm like, all right, princess, which, which one should I go? And she's like, go in the purple one. It was like, they're like 
colored, so I'm taking a piss. I'm midstream. Little Frankie, little the angel of my life, walks over to the stranger dude, middle-aged man, peeing in a urinal, walks into the urinal. Like, there's the walls of the urinal. She shimmies into the urinal, looks up at him. Hi. He's midstream. Dick in hand, peeing. And my little princess is 10 inches away from him pissing. Luckily, I could tell this dude was a dad because he, like, he understood the situation, made eye contact with me, direct eye contact, and just kind of like, like shrugged his shoulders. And I kind of shrugged mm-hmm. it back and just like, look, I'm, I'm not looking I at your it. daughter. I get it. We're, you know, look, like I have kids too. They have minds of their own. I'm going to look at you. You're going to look at me. I'm not like, going to look the guy. I I'm just got out. I had tried to catch another one. <laughs> I tried to catch another case. I ain't going back to prison, right? So, yeah. So, that's a little... All the dads know what I'm going through, right? But a little, little taste of fatherhood. The part that they don't put in, like, nursery rhymes and in books, that's what you do as a dad in public restrooms. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I had a memorial service for an uh, uncle of mine i hadn't seen him in a while but he was i was i was very fond of him and uh so my sister my family went right my sister's there with uh with her her, you know what three month old daughter i guess Mm -hmm. now three months or uncle soto yeah she had to get up and go out and she had to pump see i got a pump i'm like all right and i'm like well i'll just like, yeah, like Uncle Soto said that multiple times throughout the course of his life, but it means something very different. Very different. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. One of the dive bar. Got a pump. Yeah, right. And uh, so my aunt, the the widow now, uh, when I when I greeted her, when I showed up, she's like, hey, um, my, my uncle was a, is a retired uh, or was a retired uh, sheriff. So I only got some guys from his work or here. And uh, I want you to say something, you know, on on the family side. And I'm like, on the outside, I'm like, oh, sure, whatever you need, you know, no problem. On the inside, I'm shitting my pants because it's like 200 people and I got like three minutes notice to go up She's there. She's like, I, I watch you on the autumn wind bags and I know how you have such a sophisticated dick and fart humor. Oh I think that's God. perfect for the deceased. So I'm up there. I go up there, right? And it's like I'm looking at it. Here's 17 things that I hate about Derek Carr. God, (laughs) terrible, dude. So there's like so many people there, right? And then like I'm I'm trying to like to like say what I want to say, like like convey my my true feelings about my uncle, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to like make it make sense. And then like my aunt's there, like crying like next to him in the casket i was like oh my god dude she's like five feet away from me it was probably one of the hardest things i had to do just to keep everything together but i killed it i was i said <laughs> what i wanted to say i threw co- a couple of jokes in there um that's to my own horn but i funeraled the fuck no out man of look i yeah. said what i had to say i ended it on a, a real heart tugging note uh, i spoke to my cousins his daughters uh and uh I, I threw a couple of a couple of jokes at him because uh, I said, well, you know, he's not going to get in trouble now. But, you know, when I was younger, because I, I talked about how gr- good he was about not bringing his work home. We picked up those two. I guess they were hookers, but I don't remember paying. I don't remember paying. <laughs> no, but he, he was really good about not bringing his work home. And he was always really happy and really, you know, just fun. 
Mm. And I said, you know, well, he didn't make his home work home once when he, he I was helping him like sort through warrants. I'm like, I, I guess he can't get in trouble now, you know, but yeah. and uh, I, I talked about how he was he was the only person I knew when I was like under 10 that had a black box. So he would like he would hand me a TV guy. He's a cop, right? He put the black box. He would hand me a TV guy and be like, hey, man, just highlight any, all the movies you want to watch. And I'll have the girls tape them for you. I'm like, sweet. You're like Spice 2, Spice 3, Where the Girls Aren't 7. The Hills Have Thighs. Like uh, everything. Debbie does Dallas 14. The Devil Wears Nada. <laughs> All of those. And uh, yeah, man. So I, there was a, I threw a couple jokes in there. I thought I did a good job. I feel like I, I represented how I felt about him really well. But mm-hmm. that was a tough situation, man. It was like no notice. A lot of people, the somber mood, like it should be. And then, like, just the motion right there. And I was like, oh, my God. My aunt's like, yeah, your leg was kind of shaking. I'm like, Thea, you should have gone up there and said something. It was not easy to go up there. That was my third leg, thinking about uh, the hills have thighs. Yeah, yeah. With my uncle. Sweet. Yeah, at a, at a freaking memorial service. I'm going to talk like that. The um, So we promise we'll get to some Raider talk here in a second. But because I just went to the fair and because... We are foodaholics on this show. Oh, for and because sure. you guys, whenever we talk any question of the days that's food related, you guys lose your mind. It's which, like at least 150 comments. I'm all for, right? Question of the day Best county fair food. What's the best county fair? So today I went to the county fair, wife and daughter. I got, uh, I actually didn't get that. I don't know what the proper word is um, like Stuff? ethnic or not. I mean, just not like not that elaborate. I basically, mm-hmm. I just went, I went giant corn dog. Cause you have the normal corn dog and the giant corn dog, giant corn dog out of the gate. Well, two bites here. It doesn't count. <laughs> uh, chili cheese fries. Ooh. Bloomin' onion. That's guaranteed hot hole right there. Uh, I got the daughter, her first uh, chocolate dipped vanilla cone, right? So you dip it in the, like the hot, the, the, um, the hard chocolate shell, right? Yeah, yeah. Got that. She murdered it. It's on my Instagram if you take a look, if you care, right? She's just like surgical precision. <laughs> if you want to watch a three-year-old freaking eat you want to see a three-year-old just like surge, like, like she's doing brain surgery, like getting this this thing. Like she's standing in the middle of the hallway. It's it's outside, but like she was like, once she got it, she just stopped. Didn't she did not move her feet once at all. Our, our, she's like just in a, in, a, in the hot dog eating contest, Nathan's. She's just, just focused. Crushed. Jessica. So I didn't go crazy. I didn't get like deep fried Kool-Aid, Oreo on a stick, bacon wrapped drumstick. I actually went pretty conservative this time. No regrets. No regrets no whatsoever. I'm stuffed and I feel good. But um, I'm curious, Soto, best county fair food. You've been to this very specific Orange County Fair. Yes, sir. They all got kind of the same, same, so- uh, same resume, same menu. What do you think? I have like the 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 uh, the three phases, right? <laughs> so you got to get you got to get the corn first, fully loaded, right? Yeah. And then you got to get the bacon wrapped turkey leg. Got it. And then you got to get the uh, the funnel cake. Finish funnel, funnel cakes. The standard operating procedure. I did not get like that's that you should always get it. But I was just I was just yeah. stuffed on junk. See, I'm I'm. People are like, oh, RJ, you don't need like sweets. Like, I'm not a big sweets guy, right? I don't get a lot of like me either, cake. but like I need to have a funnel cake if I'm there. So they're like, oh, you're such a health nut. I'm like, dude, I will I will bury junk food like chili, cheese, fries, corn dogs. Like, I'll, I'll 
AM PM like tostadas, like just like terrible gas station like uh, egg sandwiches. Like, I'll crush Ugh. terrible food. I'm so just not good. a sweets guy. I'm not a very big sweets guy. So, um, but yeah, the funnel cake I think is standard operating procedure. It's pretty even solid. Even I didn't do it. So yeah. one year, I didn't get to the funnel cake. They had, and it, oh, they only had it one year. It was a deep fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which is one of my favorites, peanut butter and jelly. Yep. So they get the bread, thick bread, right? Peanut butter on both sides like you should do. Jelly in the middle. They crimp the outside. So it's, it's like a crimp, like a machine, right? So it's mm -hmm. all like a pocket. They dip that in like super sweet pancake batter. They deep yep. fry the whole thing. Strawberry Actually. topping, powdered sugar, you know, whipped cream on top. I killed that thing. It was one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. Mm -hmm. And it feels, and that's the thing is like in, so when you do a deep fried Oreo or they had deep fried Kool-Aid or like a deep fried popsicle, you're like, how is it even possible? I, I don't know. When you go deep fried over the top, it's hard to eat because it doesn't feel like a meal. It feels like you're like, I'm eating something that a unicorn shit out. You know what I mean? When it's like a deep fried peanut butter and jelly you're like okay this is an actual meal i had every day from first to seventh grade it's just deep fried it's just you know it's unhealthy but i'm taking a normal meal and just injecting it with steroids which is much so better good. than like all right here's an oreo here's ice cream here's pixie sticks and then we're gonna batter it and fry it you know what i mean so good you can get to I love it. That was one of my favorite things. That was one of my favorite things. I'm saying all those things before. not to eat, and you're like, oh yeah, that's that's delicious. All that stuff is good. <laughs> the gator chips with like the the jalapenos and the, they're like nachos basically, but like the gator mm. chips with uh with the cheese and, and jalapenos on it. Mm. The the best part was they had these uh skewered pork chops on a stick. Yeah, they had those again. Less less than thirty feet away from the pig petting zoo. That was my favorite part. It was literally, it's like, well, the pig races, like this guy, this guy didn't make it. I went to the pig races. Yeah. Like I went, I literally went to the pig races. Today. It's like, oh yeah, they, um, it's really good. Like logistically, we don't have to pay for shipping. It's like if they lose, walk them over, get your pork chop. Hey guys, uh, come get your last place freaking metal. <laughs> <laughs> it smells delicious. Question of the day. We'll pin it down in the comment section. Best county fair food. Yeah. County fair summer seasons kind of coming to a close, right? That's the only downside of football season starting is the county fair season coming to a close. You still got the LA fair. There's still time. There's still time, but it's, it's, it's winding down. Yeah. It's winding down. We're not in the thick of it. It's winding down. Not as many concerts. It's Talk always so goddamn hot in Pomona when you go up there for the LA fair. I never do LA. It's too hot. I, I, I used to do it before because it was bigger and they had their horse races there before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, man, I can't do it anymore. It's just too much. I'm getting too old for that shit. Uh, so if you're saying, guys, you're 13 minutes into a Raiders podcast and all you've talked about is food, it's for a good reason. The unofficial – so a couple things came out today. And it's all we're all going to do it in order for a good reason, right? So Tristan Kuhn um, tweeted this out. Our buddy Justin – thank you, Justin – gave us the assist on this. And it's two graphs. In orange is every member of the Raiders roster currently of the 90 players on the roster and the, you know, the preseason roster that came from the Josh McDaniels, Ziegler, 
family, right? There's only very, very tiny uh, number of players left from the John Gruden and earlier regimes, right? If you're looking at it on the podcast, or you can't see it on the podcast, but if you're looking at it on YouTube, you're like, wow, that's a lot of orange because that's the case. Basically, the only players that are starting that didn't come from McZiegler are Josh Jacobs, which, you know, that situation, who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, Hunter Renfro, they didn't draft, but they extended. Colton Miller, which uh, they did not extend nor draft. He's the only, he's the by far the highest paid player that the McZiegler regime hasn't touched, right? He was drafted by the last regime, extended by the last regime. Uh, Andre James, Jermaine Luminor, Max Crosby, Divine Diablo, Nate Hobbs, Troy Merrick, and special teams. Basically, Anyone else with even a semi-decent chance of touching the field, with the exception of Faison, who's hurt, Parker, if there's injuries, I uh, Robertson is gonna see reps. Faison shouldn't be. She, Faison should be orange because he played for another team last year, and then this regime brought them brought him back. Even that. So that's that's, that's even more my point. Yeah. Basically, this entire roster is what this regime wants, right? It's We haven't even started the second season of this regime, and whatever was left for the last one is more or less gone. And then you look at that, and then you time it, and you turn it into this one, which is everyone in blue, former Patriot. Garoppolo, Hoyer, Johnson, Myers, Dursett, Lacey, Wilkinson, Carter, Hollister, Haran, Butler, Jones, Illuminor, all guys that were on the Patriots at some point under this new regime. So why am I bringing this up? Why are we even talking about this? What's this even matter? It's like, well, it matters because this season, it is what Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler want on their roster with one giant exception. There's $30 million in dead cap. The vast majority, which the <laughs> that's not a McZiegler problem. The vast, only $7 million of that is a McZiegler contract, and five of that's Derek Carr. The vast majority of that is left over from Gruden and Mayonk's terrible roster management. So there's still, still, it's still less than last year's, which is still less than, so they're still feeling a little bit of the pain of the, and I, I, I'm higher on John Gruden as a coach than most. I don't know anybody who's high on John Gruden or, uh, Gruden as a GM, right? So they're still dealing with the pain of the terrible roster management cap-wise of that dead cap. So that's that's still a thing. Like We, we can't say like, hey, everything they do is 100% them. We're not quite there yet. Next season, yes. This season, they're still dealing like $30 million in like $30 million. Like that's, that is a Pro Bowl linebacker plus a Pro Bowl corner plus a Pro Bowl right tackle. Like that's three mass like like it's a big deal right other than that though you know other than other than the dead cap which is very real soto it's basically it's 95 percent josh mcdaniels and dave zeeler's roster that they're looking for yeah i mean and I, we, we we saw it coming because i know i know that we saw the uh the way the roster was constructed and because we do this uh we're able to kind of look a little bit deeper into um, into the team and how the roster is made up. So we knew it was a lot more um, 
delicate and a lot more involved than just, oh, well, they took over a playoff team and they should be better. They should be at least going sniffing the playoff. And it's like, hold on, Turbo. The perfect storm hit last year. A huge dead cap plus just uh, no help from the draft whatsoever in the last four years. It kind of like all crashed together last year. So um, this year is like still a lot of the young players that we're bringing in that maybe should, uh, if some of the previous draft picks would have worked out, wouldn't have been playing as much as we're going to ask them to play. And then, you know, we have the dead cap for a reason. You know, we, players that aren't playing for us that were signed to the ridiculous contracts, we're still have to pay. Off the top of your head, do you, do you know we're still hit from Corey Littleton on the dead cap? Is it I'm, like looking, I'm looking up right now. I'm just looking up right now. So I'm not off. I don't know off the top of my head. I it's up like right seven, now. right? Ten. Oh, shit. 9.98. What's still? What's, Leatherwood is still on Corey Littleton. like nine, right? Leatherwood's four. Oh, four. Only four. Well, that's Thank God. I'm still like, rookie deal. It's second deal. year. It's a second year. Okay. Second year it. rookie deal. Okay. It's second year off of our, our books. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, dude, it's, it's fucking ridiculous, man. And, and, and the dead cap was actually more last year. And it was still as bad a, uh, a, a active draft capital. Like we still had as bad a draft. Like, you know, it, it's it, it was a lot of stuff. I'm not making excuses because we do have to win. We do have to show improvement. But it gives you a little bit of a deeper look than just saying, oh, playoff team two years ago, six wins last year. Oh, this regime sucks. It's like, no, yeah, I'm not saying that they don't suck. I'm saying there's a lot of things that maybe if you don't know this stuff uh, – really makes a lot of sense if you take a look at it. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's the depth of knowledge about cuz again, I you're more forgiving of this new regime than I am, but we we're, we're both in the exact same boat. That- yeah, I would I wouldn't say forgiving. I, I think I'm 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 holding off and to make a decision okay. yet. Well, and it's and it's okay. So if a regime is doing great and you're 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 balls deep in that regime, right? Like, you know, mm. Uh, Four years in, right? Like the like the Bengals, right? Like they've been crushing it the last few years, right? If we we're a Bengals podcast, you'd be like, "Oh, they're killing it. Why? Why are they killing it?" Right? We we can just we can just look and be like, "Oh, the the head coach, the GM, Joe Burrow, like they're obviously all doing amazing because their record's great and they went to a Super Bowl and they're and they're doing so well and all these things." But if we were balls deep in that regime, we'd be like, "Why? What did they do that was so good?" Right? Same thing with the Raiders, right? This 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 team fell apart this season. Why? Oh, but Josh McDaniel sucks. Oh, oh, maybe he might. Yeah, maybe. we don't know yet. Yeah, but we had this dead cap. We overplayed our skill set last season. X, Y, and Z. All these other elements, right? So we start looking at things very specifically, right? Dave Ziegler. It's like, oh, he put together a shit team. Why? He did a pretty good job, I think. Give, give me, give me specific. <laughs> Give me specific yeah, examples, yeah. right? Tell I, me, I tell me, time. tell me, me specifically specifics. what he did right or wrong, right? And we can point to the there's and, and again, I I'm less forgiving. There's plenty of wrongs, right? Oh, Paying yeah. Darren Waller too early, Chandler Jones contract, etc. Um, the last draft looking really good. Way too early to tell about this draft, but preseason reports seem to think that we can get multiple starters out of this last. Uh, way way too early to tell, um, but. That's when you start getting diving into the details more, right? That's what you're not going to get on Sports Center in 20 second sound clip. It's 
oh, yeah, yeah, the Raiders fell from, you know, 10 wins to six. Jeff Daniel sucks. Maybe. But let's dive into it more. And one of the big things is salary cap purgatory. Not purgatory. It's not awful, awful. There's been way worse, but $30 million is a lot of great things. I mean, we're pulling ourselves that. out of that grave, okay? We're not dead. It's just... We're not dead. Yeah, we're, 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 we're hands the hands out, are coming okay? out of the grave. You're like, ah! Like doing yeah. one of these things, right? It's pretty freaking bad the last couple it's of years. It's like though. $30 million, you can buy... You can plug a lot of holes, right? Yeah. Um, hey, get a... Get away, Um, But that's kind of where we're at, right? It's like, okay, it's, it's their team. It's their players. N- over 90%. The only thing that's been out of their hands is the $30 million in dead cap. So this season, it's, okay, you've, you've got your guys. You know what you want. You've got your coaches. Basically, everyone's returning coaching-wise this next season. Anyone that Basically, everyone that matters, right? So your pieces are in place. You got the quarterback you wanted. You got rid of guys you didn't want. You've picked up all the guys you want. Other than $30 million in dead cap, again, n- not nothing. But other than that, this team is going in the direction that this regime wants. And so now the, the brunt of responsibility is weighing heavier on these shoulders, good and bad. We're hoping good. You know, it's, I think it's, it's really what they wanted and the way that it was pretty smart. So they didn't go after a ton of big name guys last year. They went after basically what one uh, as far as free agency goes, went after one, and um, yeah, Devon Dams doesn't count. That no, no, it. he doesn't count. He like, was coming. Yeah, it was just it was just Chandler. Used him, yeah, Shannon Jones. So it's like, well, we need we need to get this. We need to get that. We need to get this. It's like, well, look, that's that's what the old regime would do. They would panic and they would just try to fill holes that season with short term fixes, and they would overpay the position. And overplay the overpay the specific player. Uh, I, I'm still holding fast at 17 million dollars a year for a starting defensive end is not too much to pay. We just paid the wrong defensive end last year, but the position was right. Five million dollars in dead cap for Carl Nassib. God a damn, backup dude. defensive end, dude. Carl Nassib, paying. freaking Brown, Littleton, Kwiatkowski, Joiner. Like the list goes on and on, man. Like all these guys that they brought in and paid way too much money for, the 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 plan is now starting to shape up. We're not going to spend a lot of money while we still have this dead cap because everything that happens that goes wrong is going to be magnified because of that dead cap. Yeah. So let's just chill. Let's start focusing on the younger players. Let's start focusing on the the depth of the roster, and then we'll add the pieces when we have the you know the money to do so and it's not going to really cripple us in free agency and we can then identify and sign our own guys to we, early for longer so we can get them a little bit cheaper we've mo so and there's a big difference between so there's there's very important things to consider right we've mostly not all the way mostly dug our way out of the cap issues of gruyak gruden man mostly 30 million in the next year basically out of it still still not nothing Mostly got out like of like nine, but roster wise, it takes years to get out of the yeah. hole of multiple bad drafts. Now, again, in fairness to Gruden Mayock, there were some amazing gems they cranked out, right? Max Crosby, uh, Hunter Renfro, 
first for Miller, first for Jacobs. Like they, they, they made their hits. Generally, atrocious drafting. You don't fix that in two years. Cap, no. cap stuff you can fix in two years. They got nothing for the 19 draft, like the, zero. The, the bad drafting, that... Or a 20. That, that affects you multiple seasons. It can set you back half a decade. And this is so. This, so when we look at like, yeah, like is Josh McDaniels a bad coach? Maybe. Is Dave Ziegler a bad GM? Maybe. This is their advantages. They came in with a full draft class, a good salary situation generally. Blah blah blah. Came in with terrible four seasons of drafting. Came in and were forced to do really terrible dead cap. This is what they had going for them. We had against them, and these are the layers and depth that you need to use to assess how this regime is doing. And again, it's too early to tell. Yeah, it's but this is this is the table that's set for this yeah. upcoming season. Again, it's it's still it's still uh, a game that these these men are out there making a living, and they want to perform well, and they want to you know to feed their families and and uh, and, and and set up their future and set up their kids' future, right? So it's not like they're not going to go out there and try to win, but we do have to show some measure of patience. Uh, and I know, like uh, like our, our buddy Rory, right, the other windbag, like he said, "Oh yeah, you know, we've been losing for twenty years, and you want us to be patient." Like, well, if if you're an adult about it and you take a look at the stuff that we've talked about, well, yeah, you know, you you, you have to treat every regime for what it is. It's like you, you can't. You can't make the current girlfriend pay because the other current girlfriend was freaking toxic. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's a new person here. And and although we do want to win and we want to win right now, it's like we, we do have to know that there's there's steps to be made to undo some of the things that were done previous. I I uh I sympathize with Rory because I I think the main his main premise, which I which I get, I'm not saying he's he's right or wrong, but I understand where he's coming from, is we finally found a spark. With Passaccia and like that regime, like we went to the playoffs, right? We had everything go wrong two seasons ago. Everything go wrong. Lost our wide receiver, lost our coach, anarchy, right? And we went to the playoffs and we're one play away from beating the AFC champions. Like, I understand Rory saying, like, let's parlay that. Like, we had something. Let's see where that can take us. And we didn't. And we started over and, and it fell apart. I understand that frustration where two seasons ago, this Mark Davis screwed up and we shouldn't have done that. Like, okay. Maybe. Maybe. But we're not back in 2021 anymore. Yeah. We're here. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, in high school, maybe I uh, should have sucked it up and asked the prom queen on a date. I didn't. I'm here now. All right. Like, we can. Like I think you did pretty well for yourself, sir. Uh, you know, I uh, she was she's not the prom queen, but she was the, the high school captain of the high school cheerleading team. So I took my uh, my consolation prize. My yeah. point being, we can go back and be like, well, we should have done this, and I'm frustrated we didn't, which is fine. Like we're fans, like we can be pissed about what we yep. didn't did or didn't do in the past. Now moving forward, what do we do? And again, like you're you're a little more forgiving of this regime. I'm a little more more harsh we're both exactly in the same realm of yeah. one year's not enough what one year is not enough to say with with, with what we're done move on start over way, oh. man no way no way was it one year going to be enough 
But it's like, look, and what, what did I say when we were talking about this? I think the first heated conversation that we had about Basaccia and what should have happened. So, okay, let's see if he gets a job somewhere else. And he didn't. So it's not like we hired a guy that other teams were jumping at to hire, or we let a guy go that other teams were jumping at to hire. Nobody hired him for a head coaching job either. So there's that. And, uh, you know, you, if you take a look at, uh, at that season, that we we're very fortunate to make the playoffs that year, man. We were like 18th in offense and like 28th in defense. Like, and we made the playoff. We won 10 games. And we, we the last four games that we won, you know, our quarterback turned the ball over more times than he threw touchdowns. And we faced three backup quarterbacks the last four weeks. It's like, dude, yeah, we, we a, lot, a lot of stuff, you know, panned out for us that year. But you take a look at what we had to deal with and you take a look at, you know, more than likely if you keep Asacha, you keep Bayok. He's part of the reason why we're in such a shitty situation, both dead cap wise and roster wise. Let's just make a clean break and, you know, try a different direction. Well, and, and, and that's more, and that's more a indictment of how good Basaccia was, that it was a team that was falling apart and you still found, found wins, right? It's, that's, well, if that's you want to say that's how good he was, mm -hmm. I think he had a horseshoe firmly placed up his ass. I think we were very lucky those last four weeks to win those games. I mean, if you're going to win games you're not supposed to, I'm going to put that on coaching. Cool. You, you can, it can be luck. It want, can be luck. It, can, like, it can also be luck. You can, but, you it, but, I think, but, I, you're a but I think guy, when you're evaluating, you, you can't be like, all right, well, let's just luck move on. It's like, well... Well, I mean, so, yeah, I'm not saying that he happened. didn't. That's why I said you evaluate the situation, pluses and minuses, and it's like, you know what? I think it's better if we just move on. I missed the fuck out of Passaccia, man. He was so Give him a call. He ain't, he ain't doing uh, nothing. I, dude, I would. He ain't doing nothing right now. <laughs> no, he's special teams at uh, Green Bay, right? Is he still there? He's, he's busy. He's got shit well, to do. He is. He's got shit to do. Uh, so along those lines, since it's. Uh, McDaniel's and Ziegler's team, the Raiders released their first depth chart. How exciting! This is, I, I'm. If you think I'm trying to be sarcastic, you're wrong. I'm genuinely excited looking at this. Did shit. the Raiders release this? The Raiders. So it's very important distinction. The coaching staff did not release this depth chart. The like media department released oh, this. Okay. Okay. So that that's okay. I get it, it. means it it means something, but it means specifically something, right? So Josh I mean, McDaniels yeah. did not say, you know, Alex Bars is starting at right guard. And again, and, and 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 it's important. Even if the even if the coaching staff put this out, it's the first week of preseason, right? Yeah, it's I mean, kind of like nothing means yeah. nothing. So it means something, but how much of a something is up like to even the like even like. I know you seeing Alex Barr starting at right guard gives you diarrhea. Even if it was Josh McDaniels who specifically put this here, it makes sense that really early in training camp, Alex Bars is one at right. That's he played there last year. Someone needs to beat him out. Like it's not outrageous, right? Yeah. So it's really small, so you probably can't see it that well. We'll give Alex, you the Alex Barr starting makes me feel like somebody undercooked my chicken. So we'll we'll give you a six players that I, th I I think were the most kind of discussable. Alex Bars, Austin Hooper, Jerry Tillery, uh, right guard, tight end, linebacker, all starting, according to this. Uh, defensive tackle. Uh, defensive tackle, excuse me. Uh, Brandon Parker, tackle. Thayer Munford, 
guard, Jacorian Bennett, quarter, uh, corner, not starting. Did you say, did you say Porter? Brandon Porter? Parker? Did you, Porter? No, did you say Porter instead of corner? Corner. I have uh, not just the uh, corn dog, bloomin' onion, and um, chili cheese fries. Also other beverages as well. So I apologize ahead of time. So though, three three guys starting, Bars, Hooper, Tillery. Not starting, Parker, Munford, Bennett. I would feel like those are the six where, not shocking or crazy, but like I would feel like, okay, I think those are the six most interesting elements. What say you? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the whole Bennett thing, it's... Teams aren't gonna teams aren't gonna come out in a pro set, you know what I'm saying? Like they're gonna have, mm-hmm. you know, at least three wide receivers out there mo- more often than not. We're gonna be in nickel. And, and the probably. defense was a four three. Yeah, it's in, gonna in be a specific look, thing. That's, that's so, everyone... so, so, and Nate Hobbs was on the outside in a four three, which is most likely not the scenario, right? It's you mostly five DBs, Hobbs yeah. in the slot. So, yeah, well, again, a... again, we're. It's very prelim- – it, it matters, but very pl- preliminary. Yeah, I just uh, – I mean, it's, it's it's what we expected after how last season ended. It's like, okay, the, the starters are there. The, the, the tight end with more experience is up there. Tillery was starting last year uh, inside. Uh, Bars was starting. Mm-hmm. I just uh, – it's like I said, we're, we're not going to play a lot of 4-3. It's going to be more of a like a three-three type front uh, in a nickel, and we're going to play four-three against like four teams. <laughs> Even then, not so much. Yeah, we'll probably have one. We're, we're, handful we're probably, of run-heavy um, teams. Either either uh, Chandler Jones or or uh, or Max Crosby are going to be with uh, you know hand out of the dirt. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's I mean yeah, it, like you said, nothing means nothing. It, it means something. But I think what it, what it more means is okay. This is a starting point, and let's let's you know let's see where we go from here. I think Jerry Tillery starts just because linebacker is so shallow. I mean defensive tackle. Oh, uh, God damn it, defensive tackle. <laughs> uh, because defensive tackle is so shallow, right? I think I think he's there. The Austin Hooper one's kind of fun because you'd think, all right, second round pick, biggest steal of the second round, Micah Mayer, Notre Dame tight end. Maybe it's not quite that cut and dry, right? That maybe Hooper's impressing and they're going to like, all right, we're going to let Mayer kind of develop. Or it could easily be, all right, the veteran automatically is one until the rookie proves otherwise. It could easily also be the case, right? I'm, I'm, st- I'm still betting September 10th Broncos, the starting tight end is Michael Mayer, but I can understand this mentality, right? Uh. Brandon Parker, we thought, would find somewhere, somehow. It doesn't look like that's the case. Not really, man. I haven't heard any buzz about Brandon Parker. Zero. I feel like uh, this regime wants Munford to start because they drafted him, but it looks like Illuminor is just doing better and is going to beat him out. The Mm. one thing that's the biggest question mark for me, and it's not just this depth chart. It's also been what we've heard from the beat writers, Alex bars. He's got right guard kind of not locked up, but it's his right now until it's ripped from him, which I know pisses you off. 
Well, I mean, look, if he's improved, if he look, to be fair, he came in last season as a kind of a tweener guy, mm-hmm. right? He was covering multiple positions. He didn't really get a lot of work with the first team offensive line, and he was kind of like thrust into that towards the end of uh, of training camp. Not not really more. I feel like what like week four ish is mm-hmm. when he started to really come on. Um. I can't wait I'd, to hear you defend I, Alex Bars right now. I'd yeah. love to say that he improved as the year went along, but he just didn't. Mm-hmm. I feel, look, everyone else in the offense, I feel on the offensive line, improved as the year went along. I think Alex Bars just is who he is, mm-hmm. and he, which is not a starting caliber guard in the NFL. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen, I just, it's this, it's when you see the same mistake happening over and over again. It's not a mental mistake. It's just a yeah. physical uh, like a limitation. I just, he's just not good enough to play the way he was used the last three, four weeks of the year. Why do you think he's holding down that position? Is everyone else Again, that bad? Do you have any I idea? I think it's a placeholder, and they want to see these guys play against uh, you know not someone that's not on their team. Uh, I think once we start doing the uh, well, we started we we did the. Um, the uh, joint practices, right? Already? Is that what we're, are we doing this? Is that this week or next it's week? It's this week. Yeah. So the, the joint practices are going to, of course, I mean, we all know the joint practices mean more than the, the, the preseason games because, mm-hmm. you know, actual starters play in the, the joint practices. It's more controlled. They can control, you know, down and distance and all that stuff. And they can, they can see exactly what they want to see out of the players by what they choose to do as far as, you know, situations. And, so those uh, are the those are the six players I pointed out that I thought were, if not surprising, at least worthy of discussion. Anything else? Any other players? Any other positions that you think worth worth discussing? Obviously, Josh Jacobs isn't in here. Tyree Wilson still hurt, so you know he's kind of you know blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's all right. I, I think, like I said, it's a placeholder. Hoyer ahead of O'Connell. Is there anything yeah. there that interests you? I think O'Connell's going to play most. I think O'Connell. I don't think they want Hoyer out there at all. I know mm-hmm. for a fact they don't want freaking Garoppolo out there at all. I think it's just going to be a ton of O'Connell and Garbers. Yeah. Oh, you're talking preseason. Yeah, preseason. Yeah. I think it's going to be like either half and half, or it's going to be mostly O'Connell and a little bit of Garbers at the end. Okay. All right, we're moving on. Uh, so Albert Breer of SI.com. Um, he boy. travels to. You like Breer? You a Breer guy? I, I like him a lot. Yeah, like I think he's real smart. I think he's, his his stuff is really good. He's pretty nuts and bolts, which I appreciate. Um, and again, I can disagree with a lot of Raider Nation. If, if I'm wrong, let me know. But I think the Raiders beat writers are pretty good. I think they're pretty good. I think they all, and they're diversified enough where they serve different purposes. Where I have like Vinny, who's like in bed with the Raiders, but you, he gets scoops. You got Vic Tafer, who's outside looking in, so he's very objective. Um, you got Paul Gutierrez of ESPN, who's ESPN, but he's been around forever. I, I think it's a nice, diverse little group of guys. Um, but it's nice when you have someone brand new outside looking in, because sometimes when you're stuck in the forest so much, you don't see the trees, right? And also a guy that's not going to mail it into, just going to look on the surface. This is like Albert Breer's going to yeah. really get in there and and give you the good stuff. And it's like, okay, like, oh, you know, 
coaching staff or PR people are like, oh, SI is in, in here. Like, you know, let's give you X, Y, and Z. Let's talk a little bit more. And he's and he hasn't been bogged down with what we've been discussing ad nauseum for six months. It's just like I'm flying in, looking, moving out. And that bird's eye view is is useful. I'd much rather listen to, to Vinny or Vic on a day-to-day basis, but a bird's eye view is very useful. So when he did his um observations of camp, I I paid attention. And I, I highly recommend you listen, you you read the whole thing. But there's two big things I wanted to pay attention to the most. He was talking about the defense backs and the defense in general. And he ended that note with this. A key at the position and really all over the defense is going to be ball production. Guys getting their hands on the ball and guys taking the ball away. You look at the history of some of the above names, you'll see that emphasis come to life. And he was talking about Nate Hobbs, Tyler Hall, Marcus Peters, guys the Raiders have brought in, guys the Raiders have now. So if you remember my big frustrations of this defense, now obviously it sucked, but it had no identity. It had no mission. It had no goal. It had no, like, look, we're young. We're not great. This roster isn't fantastic, but we're going to do this, and this is what we're going to do well. Even under Gus Bradley two seasons ago, bad defense, not a good defense, but it had an identity. We're not getting beat deep, and we didn't. We really didn't. Like, And we played some really good deep ball teams. They would piece us apart. They would cut us apart. They'd score a lot of points. But we wouldn't get beat deep. The the big plays we were really good at keeping that down. Trevin Merrick uh, thrived in that in that environment, and a lot of players thrived in that environment. It's like, look, we're not going to get we're not going to get beat deep. We're not going to give you big plays. We're going to give offenses a chance to beat themselves. Which in the NFL, there's a lot of bad offenses, and so it was you know it was a sound strategy. It didn't work well. Again, the defense was bad. But I was like, okay, you're using the pieces that you have. Let's just be a, you have to beat us seven yards at a time team. Got it. This last season, we were not, we're kind of nothing. Like we were almost dead last in sacks, almost dead last in turnovers, almost dead last in points scored. Like we were in the low high twenties in every defensive scheme. And it was, it was like, it was nothing there. It's like, what's, what's our identity? I get it. Like, okay, we're like, we're not good. We're young. There's not talent there. We're in, uh, Cat purgatory. Like I can, I can be very forgiving with our roster, but let's 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 pick something. Let's let's grab onto something and, and be that. It looks like this season, Soto, and tell me if I'm exaggerating or way off mark. It sounds like it's still the same scenario. Roster's not great, but it's like, look, we're getting turnovers. We are getting our hands on the ball. We're drafting DBs that are undersized. They might get, they're, they're probably going to get beaten 50-50 balls. They're not going to be great tacklers, but they got hands. They got hands. We got guys that when the ball's on the on the turf, they're diving for it. When the ball's in the air, they're jumping for it. We might give up some points. We might give up some yards. They might move the sticks, but we're going to get some fucking turnovers this season. And the more and more I read about this roster and this Albert Breer article specifically, I'm thinking, okay, I feel like that's the identity that defensive coordinator Patrick Graham is going for. Like, we're going to get turnovers come hell or high water. Let's say you. Yeah, you know, I think what the um, identity was supposed to be last year defensively was pressure on the quarterback to help the back end. Unfortunately, 
it was pretty much just Max Crosby putting pressure on the quarterback, uh, at least the first half of the season. Chandler Jones came on a little bit the second half of, uh, of the season, and we saw a little bit of, uh, you know, that's when we scored a couple of defensive touchdowns, stuff like that. So I think there's more of a same this year, but we were we have the ability because of another draft, another, you know, another year removed from the big dead cap. Uh, we, we can put more pieces that we're looking for and, on that back end. Um, linebacker is, uh, you know, they're comfortable with who they have at linebacker. Not very deep, but, you know, if – if Spillane and, and and Diablo play the majority of the of the snaps, that's I think that's a pretty good linebackers. So it's going to be more of the same. You can tell in their drafting too. The, the, the linemen that they drafted it's, uh, were guys that get after the quarterback, right? So mm-hmm. uh, get after the quarterback and take the ball away on the back end. That's that's the identity of this team. You know, it's complimentary football, right? You you already have Max Crosby, who's one of the elite guys in the league, right? Get another guy on the opposite side who he and it's smart. That's where you start. It's like, look, yeah. we got one of the best guys in football, any position. Play off your strengths. Let's, let's build off there, and that all helps everything on the back end, right? Like it's it should be no brainer football, right? And it and it feels like that's kind of what they're doing, right? It's like, look, Max is going to get there. We're hoping Chandler's going to get there. Eventually, Tyree's going to get there. Get greedy, DBs. Like I know you're five ten, right? Like you're going to get beat by the you know the six, three dudes from Cincy, but we can handle a couple of those. If it means you get your hands on the ball and get some fucking turnovers. Cause this defense has not been good at that for a while. And it feels like that's kind of what they're going for, right? Like what, what's, and we talk about it all the time, right? Offensive line, best case scenario. Your O line is great at everything. You're huge. You can pass block. You can bully guys. You're fast. That's the goal, but there's a salary cap. You can't, pay the best player of every position on the line. You got to pick something, right? And you look at the at the Diners, right? They're really fast O-line. Like, all right, we have this elaborate run scheme. We're going to get guys pulling off the edge. It's what we do. We're, you know, you'd be terrible in, you know, the Ravens offense because you're not big enough, but you'd be great in our offense. So that's how you, you know, we're moneyballing it, right? It feels like that's what we're doing here. We're moneyballing it. It's like, look, we invested in the pass rush. We invested in the D-line. Hoping it pans out. You guys are playing off that. You guys you guys don't have to be that physical. You guys don't have to be, unlike your cat, it's whacking his tail off shit. the camera. Get out of right? here. You don't have to be that. Just, we're going to be disruptive on the, on the front end. You guys take advantage. Right? Max Crosby is going to fucking punch Patrick Mahomes in the taint. The ball's going to come fluttering out. Got to capitalize. Bennett, you better be there. Peters, you better be there. Merrick, you better be there. And it's smart. Go. It's a smart strategy because it I makes talked sense. about it. I, I'm finally I getting about it. it last year. I talked about it last year. You can have a defense that gives up a lot of um, a lot of yards, maybe even so, you know a good amount of points. As long as you create turnovers, that's kind of the cheat code, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if we can create those turnovers. You know, we, we can we could stack up and 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 uh and kind of double up like a little two for one scoring wise, right? The, we the score is, turnover the, score. The focus is in the right place. Yeah, of all of all the metrics of football. It makes right? a lot. It, it makes a ton of sense now. You're using what you have, what's your best at, which is pressuring the quarterback. Now you have to play a complementary football behind that. You don't have all the pieces you want right now because you're still building the depth and everything. Like, so what's the best way to kind of make take advantage of those prime max years 
Well, now is you know, great. Let's get some guys that can get those turnovers. Turnovers is the home run ball. It, it cures all of your ailments, right? Like yeah, all, a, team, all, a team can drive into the red zone on you like as long as you, you, you turn you it over. It, you're good, you're there. Yeah, right? You're like good. it's like it, it's like it, it never it, happened. It washes away so many sins. You know what I mean? It's like a moo moo for an old lady. You know what I mean? Like mm. you have no idea, right? Uh, no and idea. also this part too. Um, real quick, Paul Gutierrez, and everyone's been talking about it. Another good day for the defense slash rough day for the offense. Uh, Garoppolo picked off three times on one day. Two dropped. Aiden O'Connell also picked off. You can look at it, you know, you know, one of two ways. The offense is floundering or the defense is succeeding. But at le- uh, that means to me that's been the focus. That's the yeah. focus of this defense. Get that motherfucking ball and get yeah. the sticks going the other way. And it's like, okay. For the, for the first time, or not the first time in forever, but like, you know, unlike last season, I feel like there's an identity. There's an identity to this defense. It's we're going to rush the quarterback, we're going to be disruptive, and we're going to get turnovers. Yep. It's like, all right. Makes that, sense. I, okay. I get it. I love it. Uh, one more thing that uh, Breer brought up, brought up that I want to talk about. He said, uh, and I quote, I expect to see first round pick Tyree Wilson return to practice field at some point over the next two weeks. The first time I read that, I'm like, ugh, bummer. He's still hurt, still rehabbing, blah, blah, blah. And I, I mean, I, I generally still feel that way. Like, I wish he was, I wish he was there getting those very crucial rookie reps, right? But I also thought to myself, please don't rush him back. He's not, we didn't draft him to immediately turn this defense around week one. We drafted him sixth overall to be the cornerstone of this defense for the next 10 years. And if he comes back hurt and it parlays and it's even worse, his confidence goes to shit because he's playing hurt, like blah, 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 blah. It's like handle Tyree, wrap Tyree Wilson in bubble paper. Take your time. Yeah. I said it before, That's what they're doing. Yeah. Wait till he's healthy and then then a couple days. Mm -hmm. Wait till he's right. And just make sure, right? We actually drafted him number seven. You were very close. You probably would have won the prize. Uh, we but, had six. We have a, We have an old lineman for Northwestern. Thank God we had number seven. Yeah. So look, it's it's smart. He's been practicing, doing stuff on the side. He uh, we, we, he was doing. He was working with Byron Young as well together. Byron Young came back this week. I you know, Breer said in the next couple of weeks because he's actually doing stuff. He's just not practicing with the team. No. So he's doing the individual drills. And it's the first time I've seen a number tied to when he come back two weeks because you know yeah, like McDaniels, said, if, Thigler, if, he, if, they, if, if he comes back if it's the 22nd of august and he's still not back then we should worry so not this monday but the one after i definitely want to see after, excuse me i definitely want to see multiple preseason reps i, I definitely want to see that he needs to he needs to feel it a little bit yeah before he goes so just get the speed of it, man. The speed is just so yeah, man. Different. Your first, your your first snap shouldn't be in a real game. Yeah, it's gotta, you got you got to have a couple, right? Especially defensive end, right? Like even though you know he's coming off injury, it's not a position where you're injury prone, right? Like you should be, like you should be divvying out the punishment, not the other way around, you know. Anyway, uh, in Raider news, and it's a weird thing to follow because it is Raider news, but uh, it's due to be discussed. Henry Ruggs III, sentenced to three to ten years 
for that fatal DUI that he had in Las Vegas. That judgment came down this went. We're recording on a Wednesday night, and uh, it came down today. Three to ten years happened back in November of 2021, the drunk driving incident that killed that poor girl and her dog. He'll be eligible for parole after three years. It's kind of wild that he could potentially still play in the NFL. Three years from now, he's in his still mid twenties. That's not. That's I don't know not if that's going to happen. It's not the issue. It's it's the fact that he's not going to be training in jail. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be training the way he needs to train as a wide receiver in jail. Building prison muscle. Yeah, it's going to be nothing different. but bench press. Dude, a, I mean, I, I'm doing a lot of body weight stuff with the with the the fighters at the gym. You can get freaking strong as hell just doing body weight stuff, but it's just, I don't know, man. It's I, I'm all about giving people second chances. So get, just talk to me when he's out, yeah, and see how I feel I, then. Right now, I'm, I'm I'm a huge believer in like if you paid your debt to society, yeah, you're back, you're you're, you're back, you know, you're you're back in society, right? Yeah. Like. And few people pay their debt to society more than someone like Henry Ruggs, where like, you know, I'm not trying to compare someone's life to another, but you know, if you're a plumber and you made the same mistake, you're you're not giving up a multi-million dollar NFL career the same way another person could, right? Like he's not just losing three to ten years of his life; he's losing three to ten years of a, an NFL player's life. And again, it doesn't compare to the woman that he killed. But when you pay your debt to society, you've paid your debt. You've, you, you gave up a fuck ton. Especially something like this where it was a dumb mistake. It's not like he, like, you know, killed, like, his baby mama or, you know what I mean? Like, went out and did something well, yeah, that's, that's, specifically that's, malicious. It was terrible, awful decision-making. And there was unrecoverable consequences because of it. Yeah. That was clearly not his goal, Right. You pay it to society, come out, make the most you can out of your life after that. Ask him when he's out. Ready to do some what a woman makes? Some what? I'm telling you, dude. I've been uh been you're, the fair all day. Uh, you're, you're you're feeling it, bro. Yeah. I've been at the I fair all day. What up windbags? Yes. I've been at I've been in the sun. I could tell. You look a little yeah. look a little, little little pinkish. Feeling great. Feeling great. You're, you're doing great, man. I believe you. <clears throat> Uh, Raider, we were gonna talk Raiders Niners preseason, but uh, we're already an hour into the show, so we'll we should and honestly, do. Honestly, it's the first preseason game. Like, how much can you break down? I I have a lot of things to talk about. Like, generally, like like we talk about preseason games, like they're nothing, they're bullshit, and they are. I have a lot of things I want to see. I have a lot of questions in these preseason games, mostly because okay. we have a team. I think we have a. I think the Raiders have a team that preseason can tell a lot because there's so many positions up for grabs so many young guys so many dudes that are just like trying to make their mark it's like yeah like you're and even guys that aren't like Zimmer White's probably going to start right like what can you yeah. show us right like unless oh he's out we, there flinging that thing do we super miss Josh Jacobs or does, yeah. Z- does Zeus crush it right uh, did you see my video on Zeus He's so goddamn country. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, man, we got horses. We got pigs and goats. We got everything. Georgia, baby. Georgia. Garoppolo, he needs needs reps. 
But how many reps do you give a guy who's super injury prone? He ain't getting in the preseason, dude. That's uh, well, that's the question, right? Like that's something to be so. discussed. That's, I think that's going to be all joint practice, right? Right there. side of the O line, who gets what? Who starts first? Who does what? Like these are who gets all the reps at corner? Like these are you know? Do we do a lot of four or three? Do we do a lot of five defensive backs? A lot of nickel? You're acting like preseason is nothing. Like when it comes to like wins and losses, you're right. But for this specific team i have a ton of questions in the preseason i i'll be on hold on let me move my butt to the edge of my seat for preseason time also it's the only preseason game that we're going to be able to do a post show together because i'm traveling all the other ones this guy multiple reasons but we'll save that for later in the week we'll do a live show on youtube what up winbacks patty can you tell your uh your pussy to be quiet please Patty No Mayonnaise, ninety eight sixty six. Remember Patty Mayonnaise from uh, was it was it uh, Doug the TV the cartoon? I, I was Doug? too old to watch Doug. You're only like four years older than me. I'm I like was Doug. I'm six years older than you. I will be forty six st- in in a month. You fucking geriatric bastard! You're six years older than me. Yep. Six. I think was, I think her name was Patty Mayonnaise from the cartoon Doug. Anyway. Porn star Jimmy would have smacked Max around like a porn star's ass cheeks. Porn star Himmy. Porn star him. Himmy. Himmy G. Yeah, that wouldn't have happened. Max We're is talking smart about, uh, to not beat his ass. When when Max Crosby had to run laps because there was like a little like they were yelling at each other and it was like a thing in practice. Jimmy Garoppolo and Max Crosby. Well, I think I think yeah. the lap was because he jumped off sides, which caused the ball to kind of be fumbled around and that's where the whole kerfuffle started but yeah max is he's like one of those guys where you just look at him and be like come on guy you really want to do this because i'm gonna beat the shit out of you i've uh it's weird like i i've i've had the blessing of meeting max crosby a a handful of times and he shot again world-class athlete pro bowl nfl defensive end clearly he's a specimen but when it comes to like NFL players, he's not that physically imposing. He's not like a, like a Trent Brown or, you know, like, like there's like monsters, right? There's monsters out there. You're like, holy shit, we're not the same species. That's not Max Crosby. And I mean that more as a compliment because it's like, yeah, your motor is what got you to who you are. It's not like you're just blessed with, you know, genetic abilities that no one has. You do because you're an NFL pro bowler. But he's not just like this dude who's just like, I look at him just like in awe, like, whoa. So I look at the Empire State Building. He's not. You know what I think it crazy is? Crazy specimen. I think it's because, look at my guy. Look at my guy right What's here. He's going crazy. He's just being dumb. Uh, Do you have tiger bed sheets? Yeah. Is that new? No, I've are had you, Are you single so you get tiger bed sheets because you think it's going to get you laid? Uh, I don't think those have gotten me laid, but they haven't not gotten me laid. It's the Raider flag in the background. They, they haven't they haven't stopped me from getting laid. It's your uh, cats digging that gets you laid. So it's just he just seems very proportioned. He's like 270, 275 pounds. So he's not a small guy, but he's tall, he's long. He's a pro he's, bowl his NFL. His shoulders NFL. are wide, but he's not thick front to back. So he just looks like like a guy that works out, but he's proportioned. So he looks like 
from far away, he looks, oh, this guy's like 6'2", 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, 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 and you get up to him, you're like, oh, shit, this guy's like 6'6", six, 6'5". Six, six, so I think that, that that's what the, you know, because you see like these big hulking guys, they're not, they're, they're, they're big front to back, like they're wide that way. He's not, but he's very like broad-shouldered. Well, I think like, um, who's the Browns tight end? That's just like a specimen. What's his name? Oh, the guy from Georgia, six seven dude, the Washington. Washington uh, <sighs> What's his name? There's there, there's forgot, dudes that's like, like six, seven. There's dudes like Francis well, Ngannou looking sorry. motherfuckers. Oh, it's uh, Njoku. Njoku. Njoku, right? He looks like the guy's a Mr. The, Olympia. Pittsburgh. Sorry, the guy from Georgia went to Pittsburgh. He looks like Mr. Olympia in shoulder pads. You're just like so he's got like a 32 shit. inch waist and like 30 inch like, arms. I'm like Jesus, like, I'm not Christ. the same species as you. Like that's unbelievable the type of specimen you are, right? And again, once again, for the hundredth time, before like people blow up at me in the comment section, Max Crosby's an NFL Pro Bowler. He is a physical specimen, but he's compared an NFL all pro, sir, all pro, a blessing from the gods. But when you compare him. Purely based on genetic gifts. There's certain athletes that overcome where they are genetically, and there's athletes that undergo where they are genetically, right? Like I think of like Michael Bisbing, right? UFC middleweight champion. That guy had minimal genetic gifts. He's nothing special. Like he was not crazy fast twitch muscle, wasn't super muscle bound. He wasn't anything. He became UFC champion. Based on just skill, grit, toughness, a little bit of luck, but mostly yeah, like his opponent really not training for the fight, right? Like he, like, you know, he accomplished what he did based on what he was able to like pull out of his physical ability. There's guys like that. Uh, Max Crosby, that guy, and I mean that as a compliment. I mean that as a giant compliment. Max Crosby is not Aaron Donald genetically. He's not Joey Bosa genetically, but he's as good as those guys, if not better. Yep. On his own accord. What he does have, he maximizes what he does have. That's all you can ask somebody, right? That's all you can ask. Like, you're the cards you're dealt, playing the best you can. And Max Trosby's like, I'm going to get 17 Royal Flushes, even though I only have three cards in my hand. So I'm we'll figure it out. Uh, Bama Bob 99. Yo, guys have probably talked about this in another episode, and my bad memory let me forget. What do you think of the exchange between Patrick Mahomes and Max Crosby on the TV series quarterback? Have you been following quarterback on Netflix? Did you watch it? I watched like the first three or four episodes. So you saw the back and forth with Mahomes and Crosby. Yeah. It's just, I thought it was cool to look at because it gave us a little bit of an insight on what it was actually, what was actually said. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard some people say, oh, you don't want to wind up Mahomes like that, this and that, blah, blah, blah. It's not going to matter whether you do it or not. He's, he has the same mentality, right? Uh, but, yeah, that's what you want to do. You want to get in there and you just want to be yourself. You know, you, you, you're not going to suppress who you are because you're afraid of what it's going to bring out in somebody else. You're going to be yourself and you're going to do what you do and fuck everybody else. I learned that Mahomes is a whiny bitch. Oh, every time he gets hit, woo, 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 every play, hey, ref, uh, blah, you know, he, every uh, single time he, he gets flipped touched. me in the shoulder. Oh, ref, oh, uh, what every the fuck? Every single uh. time he gets touched, he's crying. Every time, dude. It's like, oh, well, he, he literally, like, like Max Crosby, like, runs into him and just, like, pushes his tricep. Like, hey, he punched me. He punched me in the shoulder. Uh, what the hell, uh. 
Every time he hits the ground, he looks up at the ref. What? What are you gonna call that? Oh my Every god, time, dude, like, dude, shut the hell up. You're not Tom Brady. Like, you don't, you don't get that yet. Maybe he does. Maybe, maybe we're maybe the assholes. Maybe he gets it. Maybe we'll he gets if it that change rules because he, if he gets hurt, we'll see if they change the rules because maybe he just it. wins in volume. You know what I mean? He's like a dude with shitty game at the bar, but he just like hits on everybody and eventually gets it. Like he eventually gets laid. Maybe that's Patrick Mahomes. He's like he complains every play and he gets two or three extra penalties. Every single play. Every play. Fucking pussy. Uh Martin Rutholum. 7552. Uh, this was on uh one of your uh live, live shows. Room. I don't want to hear about Derek Carr unless you and AJ, I'm assuming I'm AJ are arguing about him, then it's fucking entertaining. So I've been following. So I see in our comment section, I'm trying to do what up windbags. Like we don't talk about Derek Carr on our shows hardly ever, but yeah. I see a ton of Derek Carr shit because when you do solo shows, there's always Derek Carr shit. Is that because, you know, I would call you out on that or is it just like, look, I don't want to fight with RJ anymore. We're over it. Let me get out of the way when RJ's not here. Cause I feel like it's therapeutic for you to be able to do your Derek Carr bashing just to kind of like get it out of your system and feel normal. That was not the case. Okay. The issue uh, specifically on my last live, there was a guy coming on and just, just, uh, I, we were talking about not, the interceptions uh, in training camp, not being a big deal, especially early on. Mm -hmm. But look, look at it this way. I heard it. I heard it put this way. Uh, earlier today, and I think it's it's really smart for an offensive play to work. All eleven players need to do their job correctly. If one guy fucks up, the play's fucked up, right? On defense, eleven, ten guys could fuck up. As long as one guy does something right, he can blow up the play. Okay, so the defense early on is a lot further along than the offense. The calls are like a third, you know, like the plays call are like a third long, right? Also, um, something that Josh McDaniel said, it was the reason why I brought it up because of, he, of his press conference. He said uh, he's not worried about the the, the, the interceptions because these DBs are seeing the same things over and over again. After a while, like, okay, I noticed this, this grouping and then this formation. Okay, if this player does this and that player does that, I know what they're trying to do. Right, and the learning curve for offense is yeah, longer they're than putting defense. a lot of wrinkles in right now early because they're trying to get you know they'll put that in game specific stuff they'll put the wrinkles mm -hmm. in this is just the vanilla base stuff that they're doing so yeah that's why I said that and then this guy started popping off on some stupid shit because I said look it doesn't matter really because look last season our quarterback didn't throw an interception in training camp and he was like leading the league in interceptions during the season so it doesn't really matter. You know, training camp is it's it's different, and he's and he's it triggered him and he and he started popping off, and I said you know and I put him in his place. I said, dude, I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm not, I wasn't bashing our old quarterback. I was telling you as an example of what was going on, and then he uh, he came back with, okay, let me ask you an honest question. Okay, okay, you know what? You come at me like that respectfully. Sure, ask your question. And then he said, uh, if we lose this year, are our, our, our fans still going to blame Derek Carr? And I'm just like, what are you talking about, guy? And I just said, you know what? No one's blaming Derek Carr right now. But I said, I, kn I know what I'm caution cautious against. And this is, a, this is one of the reasons why I'm, I'm telling people to move on from the old quarterback because it's just going to make you miserable. 
anything bad that happens to our team, it's going to be, oh, Derek Carr would have done better. Derek Carr would have done this. You know, right? It's just, it's like uh, when you when you miss your ex girlfriend, you forget all the bad stuff. Nuts. If you look at this season, yeah, the you, you, you forget all Carr. the bad stuff about your Fucking toxic ex girlfriend, and you're gonna think about her sweet tits, right? Yeah. It's like so. It's like you gotta like move on and leave it behind you, because if you keep looking back, you're never gonna be happy. So that that was that's the, why you never bring him up. Yeah. For that reason. Well, I didn't bring him up. The guy asked this question about me. The guy asked the question. So, uh, you know, that, that was the whole thing of that. And I, I know it's, it's funny as you poke needles at me, but like, I don't bring him up on my lives. Like if I get asked a question, I'll you bring him up in text messages to me in DMS to me. Yeah. Because I'm fucking with you, but I've, but <laughs> I've, I've, on air? I've given up on like trying to stop you. Cause I really think I, I genuinely feel like it's therapeutic. Like you hated car so much. I don't hate Derek Carr, dude. I really do. don't hate you Derek do. Carr, but you hate him so much. You're like, look, no, see, that's the thing is you, you, I need to be therapeutic. No, get no, this no, out no, of my no, system. No. I don't hate him. I wanted to move on from him for quite some time. There's a difference. And I don't kinda... hate the guy. I don't hate the guy. Okay. Well, the more you bring him up and text me and DM me about him, I'm not going to stop you because I well, feel just like, like you fucked with me on air, like about about not being about being fixated on him, right? Uh, that I'm fucking with you. I want to do that if you weren't texting and DMing me about. Well, you know, Derek it's a vicious Carr, cycle. Then. It's a vicious circle. It's, but I feel like it's therapeutic and it's getting you like it's getting it out of your system and you're and you're better off because of it. Uh, I think so. I think so, too. Uh, that's it for us. So we definitely ran out of time. We're going to have to do a live show. Do you feel like the first preseason game deserves a, a preview show? All right, we can do that. I think I think we can. I want to twist your arm. No, no, I think so because I, I think I, you, you kind of sold me on it because yeah, there are a lot of position battles that we want to look into. Super young team, a super young team. Who plays, I who think doesn't. we're going to get a lot of Farva, um, and uh, you know, yeah, it's a, a well, it's a full draft class, mm -hmm. right? A full class. We we had picks in every single round, multiple and some. Let's see how they do, and you know. There's, there's these guys that are the bubble guys like Amik Robertson and Polo Mao and like some of these guys out there that, hey, you know what? Let's see what they've learned after that, you know, first year for Polo Mao and a couple of years for Roberts. Let's see, you know, how we're doing out there. Let's see with the David Longs who didn't play really that well with the Rams, but looking good in camp. You know, the Duke Shelleys who look good in spots. Let's see how they do. You sold me. We'll do a pre-show. We'll do a, pre we'll a live pre-show at some point on YouTube. Done. It's fucking football season, baby. We're getting. We're getting oh, I we're, love it. We're getting a football-like substance this weekend. Can't wait. Can't wait. And until then, knock on wood if you're with me.